All right. How you guys doing, Grace Family Church, on all of our campuses? Good to have you uh, with us. And I know if you're a guest with us today, you're going, I can't believe they're, they're talking about money. You confirmed all my suspicions uh, about church. Actually, once a year for three weeks, we talk about finances because the Bible talks a lot about our money too. But hang in there. I believe we can learn a lot about how to be better at managing our finances. So I hope you'll just uh, enjoy this. In fact, today I'm kind of excited. I have a, a good friend of mine, uh, Brian Horvath, who's really a, a coach, a finance coach, a career coach. And uh, actually, Brian have worked with us for about 10 years at Grace. Uh, I think eight of those years on, on, on staff and two years as a volunteer. And what Brian would do he took our Financial Peace University at the time, Dave Ramsey's material, and developed structure and leadership for our campus and, and a lot of our campuses and just took literally hundreds of people uh, through that and developed a great coaching system for us. And, and Brian's been in the trenches uh, financially with a lot of people, but he also has his own story. And Brian, I, I just, you know, before we even get into this part, I think, man, your, your story is pretty amazing. It'll give people hope about kind of where you, you come from, because it was, it was pretty dark for a while. Yeah, sure. I think, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what we put on the front cover of the book would be broke, busted, and disgusted. That would yeah, be the, the yeah. inline, in lead into that. But um, really what, what that means is, it, and honestly, I came from a household of loving parents, and uh, mom, dad, if you're watching, hi, and uh, just they love me, and I love them, and, and they provided for us. There was no want in our house, um, you know, but one of the things they tried to show me, I just didn't listen, and that was how to manage money, and uh, they did well with it, and they're, they're benefiting from it today, but I decided to go to college and out of state, which even costs more money yeah. from where I'm from in Pittsburgh, and I went to the Ohio State University, so I'm sure all of you can be excited about that. Yeah, okay, next year I get someone else, go ahead. <laughs> um, but what I learned in that independence that I felt from being away from my parents was the independence also has its ups and its downs, and the down was I decided to get into a bunch of credit card debt because I wanted free pizzas, hats, shirts and whatever you name it, the stuff that came with borrowing money and getting it quickly through so credit cards. So in college, you get all these free credit cards. You're going, oh, it's free. Yeah, free for a time, in case anyone didn't know that in this room. Um, I'm sure you do. But I realized after a while that that stuff needed to be paid back. And after a while, mom and dad weren't answering the phone when it came time for that monthly uh, bill to be paid. <laughs> so we had to figure this stuff out the hard way. But, I, you know, I love school, went and got a job, was excited about that. But I really thought success was going to find me as much as I wanted to find it and come to realize that it doesn't just happen. Yeah. And when you leave college with a bunch of credit card debt already, you're kind of a financial mess and potentially a financial failure when life should be exciting. Hey, I'm making an income. I'm making thousands of dollars a year, you know, and, and so you leave college uh, and you're already under financial debt of credit cards. So if you're a college kid, I don't think they give them credit cards anymore, but I know they back in your day, they, they suckered people in. But you started out your career in, in a lot of credit card debt. Yeah, I was one of those suckers. I got suckered yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, it just left me wanting, just looking for answers, and I couldn't find them because I didn't want to look at me. I was the one that signed up for those things. I was the one that chose to spend the money on the credit cards once I got them and take the loans and borrow money from my parents. But what it come to find out was really quickly, I just couldn't keep up. And I came to the point of going, something has to give, something has to be done. But, but you told me earlier, you were making more money. Your first job, your second job, your third job, you were making six-figure income. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, does, it didn't make sense. I was making all this money, but I had nothing to show for it. And just as a concern or consideration for people is that it's not how much money you make or don't make. It's what you decide to do with every dollar. And I wasn't doing well with any dollar, wow. let alone every dollar. So um, I went to a bankruptcy court. 
with an attorney. That, How uh, old were you then? Yeah, I was, uh, let's see, 25, 26. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And right when life should be, quote unquote, beginning, I was becoming a financial failure out of the gate. Yeah, I had a college degree. Yeah, I went to work. Yeah, I had a good paying job. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I had nothing to show for that effort. And um, that was really disheartening. Wow. So fast forward a little bit, I decided to change everything up. I figured if I moved to Florida from Ohio, nothing would follow me. It would all stay in Ohio, all my problems. And I would yeah. come to the land of palm trees and sun. And I come to find out the baggage followed me. Yeah. And I was scrambling here, really embarrassed about my decisions I've made in the past, really cons- you know, disheartened and challenged and angry, quite honestly, that I let this happen to me, and I was trying to blame somebody else, but nobody else would take the blame. <laughs> so, and this is building up in your life, yeah. and you hit a really, really dark down moment. I did, and this is interesting. Despite all my challenges, financially speaking, I still was able to make more money, but yet I still didn't have any money left over. A lot of stuff you talked about last week, and I was walking home from a party on New Year's Eve here in South Tampa, in right? South Tampa. All our South Tampa people. Yeah, yeah. right. right now, you don't you don't know the Lord at this point. You're no, I don't. Still searching. Yeah. No, I, I grew up understanding who. I mean, not understanding. I under I grew up thinking that God was real and all that stuff. I just didn't like Him because He didn't give me what I wanted when I wanted it. Mm. And so it was that kind of relationship, if you will. So imagine that. And what I did was I started yelling at God that night, walking home from this New Year's Eve party, going, God, I don't want to live another day like I've been living the rest of my life, and next year's not going to be like last year or this year, and I'm going to solve this problem. And I thought the solution to the problem was taking my own life. So I went to my house in South Tampa and tried to take my own life. Thankfully, I'm here. That didn't happen. So praise God for that. But I thought in my mind that if there's going to be a common thread, a common problem, and that's me, well, practical guy, let's solve the problem. Let's take me out. But God had plans to prosper me, not to harm me. He had a different story for me. And he really pulled me up by the back of my neck, kind of like a mama bear that was the little baby cub and says, no, I'm done with this way for you. I'm pulling you out because you can't seem to do it yourself. I'm going to make the move here. And life has been forever changed since that night. He began to speak to you uh, in your life and tell us a little bit how you came to the Lord. Yeah, so I actually started coming to Grace a little bit beforehand. So there's little seeds being planted about there's hope for a new direction. I just didn't know how to take it. But I really believe that night was a crystal clear, clean cut, just turn about face. And a couple of the problems I needed help with was money and relationships and things like that. And so I started coming to Grace. I got baptized. You baptized me right out there. And I had a conversation with a pastor, Pastor Fritz, and we got to talk like for the first time that I could really bear my heart, bear my soul, and share with him the challenges open and freely. I didn't know it was going to happen, but I tell you one thing, it didn't happen. I was never judged. I was always loved. I was always encouraged. And that helped me take whatever that next step was. Good. And, and so I really appreciate that about all the volunteers and all the leaders here at the church and people that invest their time, their heart, to serve people that have hurts and are coming here for that solution. So here you are. You're still hurting, but now you, you have the Lord in your life. You still got all these financial issues, but, yeah. but you kind of just dove right in. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, so I just, again, I was kind of like, I, I'm done with living the old way. Here's a new way. And I started volunteering. But then I also realized some of the problems are money. Well, one of the books I had read year, or started, I had somehow acquired was a book by Dave Ramsey, and I didn't want to read it. As you can imagine, who wants to get to the mirror with their challenges? And all that book was telling me I'm doing everything wrong was a young man, little pride. Yeah. Who the heck wants to hear that? But I did find out somehow to that book is that there was a class called Financial Peace University. 
And about that same time, um, I said, you know what? I need help. Let's see if the class is here. Well, Grace didn't have the class just yet. And being a salesperson, I was like, well, we're going to start at the top. Let's start with the CEO of the church. Of course, I didn't know what the church leader was called. I called you the CEO. Who knows? <laughs> and I'm going to get a point with Pastor Craig. Well, to his much wisdom, he decided to sit with me, if you can imagine. Yep. And uh, we decided to have a conversation. I said, I really need help with this money thing. Can I be a part of it? Can I help make coffee or serve the, I don't know, whatever? Just help so I can participate. Well, he gave it some thought. He gave it some prayer, obviously. And he came to me and said, Brian, I'd like you to actually lead it. I was like, I'm at the wrong church. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed if he wants me to help lead this thing. So. Hey, he qualified. He had passion for it. He was struggling with his own finances. He had a good guide to work with. I said, you know what? As he grows and learns, he'll help other people at the same time. Yeah, well, I appreciate that investment in me and that trust in me because my life was, you know, again, forever changed. So me, myself, and I, leading others through that course as well, coming alongside them, I was able personally, and other people had a lot of great things they did too in the class, were able to pay off myself as a single at the time, was able to pay off $37,000 in 16 months. Wow. Now, people are like, well, you filed bankruptcy. Yeah, but see, my behavior never changed. So in between the time I found bankruptcy at 25 and coming to grace right around the time of age 30, slowly but surely, I found myself back into debt. Slowly but surely, decisions. Same bad habits. Same bad right? habits. Yep. Copy again. You know? But I was like, I'm done with those for, for once and for all. And that helped me apply all that income I was making to the stuff that where I wanted to go, where I wanted to be to get financial freedom. $37,000 in six, 16, 18 months. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I still can't. It works, right? I it mean, does when, you, work. when you do it God's way, it, it works. It works. And that's what I learned. And I couldn't help but share it with others. And so Pastor Craig and I started having conversations. And I said, you need to hire me, man. I need to leave the wine industry that I was in. And I need to come work for you and, and uh, work with you and help people because I'm so passionate about this stuff and empowered, by the way, too, because it helped me so much in my life. I'll, I'll say this. He did come and ask for the job because he had been doing it as a volunteer. And I said, well, look, what you make, the six-figure income in, in wine sales, there's no way you're going to come into grace that way. And, and basically, he came in at two-thirds of that because of his financial situation of learning to live on less and his lifestyle He's able to take advantage of an opportunity, come and serve at the church, and really did a great job with our FBU uh, over the next seven years. So, Brian, good Thank job, you, man. Yeah. Um, thanks. I really think it is about saying, hey, I want to trust God. I want to walk with God. I want to learn. And it's cool. Just the small little steps you get to take and the big steps he's already positioned you to take with him, it's far exponentially different and, and better. And so that really set me up for another thing I wanted to do. You might remember, and some folks I work with might remember me boohooing about not being married. Yeah. I want to be married, right? But I said, you know, if I was married back when I was going through these challenges, I would have ruined that too. So thank God I wasn't married at that time. Um, but That's why I tell girls, do a credit check on a guy before you marry him. <laughs> That's serious. One of the qualifications. Go ahead. And no, my wife and I did do a background check and credit check on each other. So just being clear, it's true. We did. And so um, one of the things, too, that we didn't have to background check was our love for the Lord. Yeah. And that our desire to follow his way with our resources and our finances in that regard. And so that really, um, you know, helped us get a strong footing. Now, I always tell, and my wife's approving this message, that we fight about other things or we argue and have intense fellowship about other things. But one thing we don't fight too much about is about finances. So, you know. Can I say that the, the, the financial freedom class that we're offering in March, you can go online and find out when it starts. If you're a, if you're a couple, married couple, or even in, 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 
it's so important that you come to an alignment with that or you're going to be a struggle. And this class will help you come to that place where you're on the same team with your finances because 50% of all marriages end in divorce because of financial conflict. So it's a great practical class that will really help your marriage in many ways. And if you're single, uh, you don't have to fight with anybody but yourself. So we encourage you to come to the class. I understand that part. Um, I would say too, folks, just what happened in our life. And again, this is our story. What God does for me, maybe the same may not be, maybe way better, whatever the case may be, our story, God really opened up the floodgates when we met, me and my wife decided finally we were going to pay off our last debt after we became debt-free from everything else was to pay off our home. And that was a big, you know, rock in front of us, a big mountain, because that might say we'd have to give up a lot of the fun we were having as a newly married or a couple years into being married couple. Well, the whole game with that was going, all right, I got this plan. I'll, I'll be this master planner and I'm the FPU person. So I'll put a five-year plan together and we'll do this, this and that. My wife was like, you're nuts. That's way too long. We need to do this in a year. I'm like, okay, five and in one, there's a gap. (laughs) Who's going to make up that gap? Well, what we did was we decided to fast. We decided to pray. Matter of fact, we had the day, 21 days of fasting at that time, the beginning of that year. And we decided to fast, pray, and be generous with the belief that God was going to help us get this four-year gap taken care of. So we were able to pay off our home. We had $99,600 left on our mortgage at the time. And we decided to that year get really after it. And guess what? He paid it off that year. One year, 99K. Now, let me encourage you, no matter where you're at, whatever kind of money you're making, that doesn't matter. We didn't know where God was going to take this journey. I saw five, my wife saw one, and somewhere in the middle we landed. But we put together something in faith. And at the top of that chart, we put together a scripture that said, God owns it all. It's all his, right? And we put together a motivating thing, like a picture of Fiji to go on this this trip. If we would sacrifice for X amount of months, who knows, maybe it could have been years, Mm -hmm. that we will take this trip. Well, every week we got paid, we write on there what we paid off and make little incremental deletions or remove, you know, reducing the debt over time. And while that happened, I think God said, all right, I'm trusting them. I see what they're doing. I'm going to give them a big hunk of money and they're going to pay this house off. And that's what he did. Becky got a bonus at the end of the year. We were able to take that lump sum and pay it off and still had some left over. And we didn't have to go to Fiji, Pastor Craig. Amen. <laughs> Her company paid for a trip to go to the Bahamas, all expenses paid, sitting overlooking the Atlantis and the Gulf of Mexico. Awesome. And that's where we paid off my last debt while we're at Atlantis. Come on, man. That's good stuff, right? Now, listen, I know we're moving fast, but I really believe God honors us when we take steps. He yeah. took steps. He goes, you know, I want to honor God. We want to do this. We're going to, and as he did his part, God's able to now engage into your finance and, and God can do your part. Before he was 40 years old, they had paid off their house, man. That's, that's incredible. Let's get some nuts and bolts if we can, Brian. And, and so we got people here going, okay, where do I get started? How do I get started? And all the time you spent consulting, coaching people with finances, yeah. probably three obstacles that you think about, but let's take the first one. Yeah. I think, you know, every one of us, when we sit up, you know, talk about obstacles, every one of us has them. And they come in whether they're limiting beliefs we have about ourselves or about a situation or about others, whatever the case may be. In this case, the first obstacle we're talking about here is that, you know what, um, I just, I'm not good with money. I didn't grow up with money. I wasn't shown how to mu- use money. School didn't teach me about money. You made mistakes maybe like I did with money. And so you want to be as far away from that money topic as possible. The challenge with that, and again, another obstacle within that is that we use money every day. Every one of us has to. 
So I think we have to think about that obstacle and going, what is the real truth here? How do I really figure this out? Is this obstacle me just saying that? Or is it something I chose to believe that's really holding me back from partnering with God, from uh, maximizing my resources, from having success with money? And by the way, define success for yourself, not with your person to your left or your right tries to decide for you. Because the world is great at telling us what success is. But in this case, let's just take a step. That's the success. When you take a step in a new direction, particularly God's direction, that's an obstacle that we don't have to worry about some more. But we're all good with money if we choose to be. So that's an obstacle that we want to help break. And, you know, and, and that's why, again, I'm going to I'm, I'm do, give me an infomercial. The class will help you because we yeah. give you a framework. God has a mindset. And in fact, you have a favorite scripture. I know you can, one of the scriptures you want to read about about it's funny how we'll trust the Lord with a lot of things, but we don't trust God when it comes to our financial world. What's that scripture you like? Yeah, and if you guys want to bring it up for us, it's, it's Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. And it says right here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you with which path to take. Yep. And I think that's amazing because when Becky and I were going through some of the challenges, we had to really consider this scripture as a way to take the right next step, considering God, hearing from God, being aligned, being a joint, and not having the understanding of what maybe we think it should be, but what God thinks. And that really helps set us apart from a step we may have taken that could end us up in a desire or a dire circumstance, as I once was. And the second obstacle you're going to talk about is really about contentment. And uh, this is the second thing you got to decide. What is yeah. It? yeah, the second thing, obstacle that many of us, again, this is over thousands of people I've coached and worked with over the years and just experiences in my own life as well. What I hear most is that I just, I don't think God can supply all my needs. Yeah. And maybe not even can, but will. Um, that God has a lot of people to care for, right? We're just one person or one family or whatever, but he's got a lot of other things to do. Is he going to be concerned with little old me, you know? And the answer, of course, I think we should know that is yes, but that is something we carry. And so instead of partnering with God, because we don't think he really will supply our needs, we decide to go out on our own, as I did even in college, I decide to take my needs. Let me go out and get it. If it's going to be, it's going to be up to me and no one else's business but mine. And that can get us into some hot water and create obstacles. So we really need to start moving in faith and going, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way, but I got to believe that as I begin to do it God's way, God's going to be faithful to me. Yeah. What's absolutely. the third one? Yeah. So the third obstacle, again, you can see all these all tie together, but the other one is that we just can't afford to be financially generous. We can't afford it. We don't see the way we don't see the path. It's really restricted. It's like I got blinders on or it's kind of foggy. But really, we're going to share with you a couple of things in a way that you can. But I think you can hear from my story. One of the things I thought about is, again, I want to be clear that God will do whatever he's going to do for you and with you. But for us, me and my, my wife, is that when we decided to pay off our home, we first decided to give $10,000 in advance, praying for and believing for God to potentially bring an extra $100,000 later to pay off that mortgage that was out there. Now, I'm not saying you give to get but we just believe, you know, it's never going to hurt to be generous. And so we're going to invest in that opportunity to trust God. Another way we could say no to ourselves, say yes to walking with God and trust that he's going to do what he's going to do. And, you know, the mindset is interesting because when we talk about generosity, we talked about last week about putting God first. That seems like the opposite to do. I'm already financially stressed out. And now you're telling me that I should start doing something for God first before everything else. Yeah, I, I sit here today going like, how did, how did I even buy into that? It was my wife's idea. 
But I'm so glad that I decided to trust her on that because it really flipped our flipped the script for us and really helped us think differently in so many ways, not just with finances. Three opportunities getting yeah. started. What are three things they can do to Absolutely. get started? So real quick, take those obstacles and instead of looking at those as obstacles to hold on to, I'm going to filter those obstacles through the truth of God's word. The first one was Proverbs chapter three we shared. The other one I want you to look at is Philippians 4.19, if you guys have that. And it says that God will take care and supply all of our needs, yep. right? And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. So some of the um, opportunities you have is that we can all benefit from following God's proven plan for our money. And so that's something I wrote here is that God's word, his way, his understanding works if we choose to partner with him, position ourselves and take a walk with him on this financial journey. So, so when you say proven plan, you got yeah. to write some things down, set up a financial plan. I know people don't like hearing it, but it's kind of like the word budget. Yep. We said not the same. Yeah, thing, budget. Yeah, it's yeah. a budget. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it just provides you perspective that maybe you don't have when you're in, let's call it, the, you know, you're in the thick of it and you can't see past tomorrow. It really allows you the chance to kind of just get it out of your mind, put it on paper. And that kind of goes to point number yeah, two. Because it creates a conversation about point conversation. two. That's right. So in that conversation of having a proven plan, one of the first things you're going to have to do, and it's funny, I never did a budget until I went to bankruptcy court. And that just boggles my mind. Wait a second. I didn't want to do a budget. And probably that was a big indicator of why I filed bankruptcy. Yet to prove to the court that I was bankrupt, I have to do a budget. Yeah. What? So I had to realize really quickly that it was an issue of needs and wants. So the opportunity number two is we all have them. We all have needs. All of us. We all have wants. And you talked about last week. Those are all good things. But in the wrong side of the sheet. It's out of whack. It's out of order. And so will we go as well with our household. So identify, yeah. then write and list your wants and your needs and attack them systematically. And I, and I think as you define a need and a want, I know what will happen is what you thought was a want really isn't a want. And when you can eliminate some of your wants, then you begin to get financial traction in your life to minister and just focus on the needs. And before you know it, you start creating this margin in your life. And that's really the pathway that we should take. Absolutely. And I'm smiling up here because I'm thinking, as you're saying these things, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, that works. When I started putting together needs and wants as a single person, and then as a married couple too, I started finding all those wants that I really thought I wanted, I really didn't want. And they kind of just fell away. It wasn't even hard. They just left. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. And I think the other thing, I mean, you, a lot of times when you get started in this, you have to be very frugal. I mean, to start making traction, but it's not like forever. When you're, when you're on, when you're defining needs and wants and working on a budget, you start somewhere, but it doesn't have to be a, a forever thing. Eventually you begin to get some breathing room to do some things that you want to do, but you got to take care of the needs first. Yeah, and I think, it, and we all have experienced it, right? I mean, when that happens, when we go to that thing and we pay it with cash or we go to that without debt, we don't bring that challenge home having to pay a bill. There's a different vacation experience there. Yeah. There's a different feel when you're riding in the car or, you know, doing your thing when you paid for it with cash or, or you minimize the, what debt can do to harm you. So good stuff. Third one. What's the third yeah, thing? This is the third one. I hopefully you got the heart of this is that living a life of generosity is just an outstanding way to live. I've heard it said like, you know, you live to give and give to live. Um, I really think that's the way of living life in general. And we're one of the most richest countries in the world, one of the most generous countries in the world. And I tell you, there's a great benefit we get as well from it. And the scriptures say, you know, in, in the Genesis, if you guys want to put that up there, Genesis chapter one, verse 27, here it is, plain as day. So God created human beings in his own image. 
Take that in for a second. He created us in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And what, what's that got to do with generosity, Brian? Well, God has made us in his image, and he's the ultimate giver. He gave us his one and only son, Jesus, to die for us that we may have eternal life with him, that we can let go of the past and move on to the walk with him and future with him. And that goes to our resources and generosity as well. When you're living a generous life as Christ did, as God intended, now we're living out God's purpose. And there's something about living on purpose that just sets the world afire. And you can participate in that by starting somewhere with generosity. Time, yes, but I'm telling you specifically, money generosity does something to our character, to our heart. It shapes us. If you guys would have seen the kind of man I was back in the day when I was living a single life and the money, I, the things I spent money on, the character there was not good, if at all. And God really changed my heart for him and being generous. And I think the X factor we forget about is when you, when you really begin to be generous, when you really begin to put God first in your finances, there are some supernatural things that happen. We can't explain it. You've heard so many financial coincidences of people who started doing it God's way. I can't believe this happened and this happened. And it's just amazing what happens when you really begin to do it God's way. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, I would say, hey, we're one story, right? But there are plenty of stories out there. Some are in this room have experienced those as well. I can see some in the room already. But then there's also folks who are just waiting for your story to be written with this thing. And generosity, thinking you can't, if you just make that quarter turn even, and just say, I can and start, just the floodgates of heaven open up. It's amazing what happens in your money, in your relationships, at your job. I mean, yeah. like what? They want me to do what for them? And they want to pay me. It's amazing what happens. It's really, it's crazy yeah. cool. Brian, what would you say as we close? I mean, this is week two and mm -hmm. people, I mean, I know people have been in grace for years and years and they're in the same financial place they were a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, because they haven't really taken that step of faith uh, to do it God's way. But what would you just say to encourage people? Yeah, I think you want to start remembering that hey, we all make mistakes. There's all opportunities to fail, but we can fail forward. And so I just kind of summarize it as this. Money's a tool. It's not what we should be chasing. It's a tool to help us accomplish God's purpose for our lives. And we remember that. If you look at my story, if I would have let my own life be taken, if I would have taken my own life, then I would have chosen to be buried under the mountain of mistakes that I had made financially, emotionally, practically, whatever you name it. But instead, God allowed me to not be under that mountain, but to walk out victoriously up that mountain and plant that flag at the top with a new perspective, a new paradigm, and to be on top of the mountain of mistakes as opposed to being buried underneath it. And it's kind of like that with money as well. Money is one of the things that you can do to start making a life change to really, really live out the purpose that God has for you. And I like what you said last service. You, you stake that flag on a on the top of the mountain, but then you start pulling others up yeah. on top of that mountain. You can't help not to, um, especially if you've been living some, some way for so long and you've had this change and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to tell somebody. And that's part of the joy, you know, just, just envision it, pulling yeah. that person up, you know, up the mountain with you. There's something to that that's life-changing. And, and I'd like to share one scripture, if I may. Proverbs chapter uh, 13 here, if you guys have it on the screen. This is really important to me, no matter where you're at today or where you're starting. And you could start tonight, right, by the way. But when you defer hope, when you put it off to the side, or you think hope isn't for you, it's really going to make you sick. It's really going to keep you more stuck. It's going to get you more worried. But it says here in the word, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So some of you are sitting here going, I want to change my money. I want to change my relationships. I want to be out of debt or I want to be on a budget. I want to get better with my husband or my wife or my children or what have you. Don't let that longing go unfulfilled. Put your hope in Christ. Follow his way, his word, and his will, and his wisdom, and it will change for you. I'm telling you, it will. How it happens, I'm not sure, but it will. Come on, that's good stuff, right? I love it. Yeah.
What I like to do, I really like to pray for everybody uh, in the room and, and in fact, on all of our campus. Can we just pray? Just bow your heads just for a moment. I, I'm The part of the story that really touches me uh, beyond the financial part is that that place where Brian came to, man. I mean, he was in a dark place. He felt overwhelmed. He felt shame. He felt like he was a failure. He had made mistakes and, and, and literally was thinking about taking his life. And I know there's people... Uh, maybe not at that level, but you know that your life isn't what you want it to be. You know you've made mistakes. You know that that you 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 feel lost. You you have no purpose. You you know that you need you need something, and it's Jesus Christ. That's why you've had friends praying for you. That's why maybe you've been invited to be at this camp, one of the campuses today, and you and you sense maybe God is knocking on the door of your heart. And, and I can only tell you, you need to take the first step. God can't show you the whole plan, but you can take the first step. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you're willing to admit, yeah, my way's not working. I need God's way. I need God's plan. I need God's forgiveness in my life. If that's you right now, just, just maybe under your breath, as Jesus knocks on the door of your life, just open the door and say, Jesus, I open the door. I let you in. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to give me a new life, new power, a new purpose. I don't want to do it my way any longer. Jesus, I want to do it your way. I want to follow you, Jesus, from this day forward. And God, I pray for those who uh, are financially, God, maybe some that are financially doing really well, but God, they've never really put you first. They've never been rich towards God with their giving, with their finances, God, that they need to give to you first. And maybe there's others, Lord, that they're in such fear. They, they, they're overwhelmed by their needs. And God, they need to just take this pathway that Brian's been talking about. God, I pray that they would have courage to, to take a step, Lord, maybe to get involved in one of the classes and, and God, to trust you with their finances. God, that they don't have to feel condemned or ashamed, but God, they can say, God, I want your way. I want to do it your way. And take a step today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, all of our campuses, um, I know I know you came in and you saw this, this uh, In God We Trust 90-Day Tithe Challenge. It, it was in your chair again this week. Some of you threw it away. Well, here it is again. Hey, we just pray that maybe, maybe you'll take a step in that direction. Take it, put it on a mirror or on your refrigerator. And man, take the 90-day tithe challenge. I'm telling you, God will honor you as you take those steps. God bless you. Campus pastors, come on up.